Me. What else, Steve? What else can I rub in your face? I don't know. <laughs> nice head of I hair. Nice, nice head of hair, too. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Kermit the Frog basement lab. This oh is the Sons God. of Honarchy podcast with your hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan. And Hot Take Tommy. On this episode, we talking baseball being back, baby. Uh, also... We are going to walk through Steve's shenanigans in North Carolina because you know those didn't go well for him. Uh, And lastly, we have a very special guest. Since baseball is back, we have. Yes, since baseball is back, we have a baseball player, AO Andrew Perez of High A, your White Sox. Winston Salem. Let's call it, yeah. He's he's White Sox. He's in the White Sox organization. Thank you very much. All of this brought to you by DBC, DBC brand. brand. All right. Wow, so, timing was way off there today. Yeah, okay. it always. It, I, I it cannot has. wait. Well, this is—is is this going to be the last remote podcast, Tom? This That's is going to be the last. Re- last podcast was supposed to be the last remote podcast, right? But your man's car over here not so hot. Big but facts. big facts. She's going to be in the shop tomorrow, so we should be fine. But anyway, remote podcasting is so last week. You know what I mean? It is. Everybody's getting back to normalcy (laughs) a little bit, even though I read a report that this is the third day of increases of coronavirus cases in the state of Illinois. Yeah. So, maybe maybe we were a little quick to hop on. Maybe we were a little quick. I mean, we've definitely, like, the whole point of it was to flatten the curve, right? Right. I think we've flattened the curve pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. In my, like, in my non, non-scientist opinion. Anyway, the, the point being, Lose is opening up tomorrow, and we don't have to have the windows open. You guys can come go. in and... And All right, enough with the Lou Malnati's <laughs> advertisement here. They don't. I'm sorry, Mark, Mark Malnati does not pay us enough for this, Tom. Mark Malnati does not pay me enough. Full exactly. stop. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. There you go. That's that. Well, I'll uh, tell you what. Illinois <laughs> is in a lot better shape than a couple of the states that I just visited. Ooh, so. Ee, ee, ee. <laughs> so spent the last week ish i guess uh in the carolinas uh north carolina and south carolina no, both you you went to the carolinas the Cur- the Carol- carolinas. Carolinas. carolinas carolinas yeah no i'm not <laughs> both of us should not try that um, <laughs> like remotely um so had a good time and actually got to spend time with a I want to call him a Sons of Honarchy contributor. Is that? I, I think he'd be okay with that. We would probably have to throw an in unofficial more Sons of t-shirts. Honarchy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unofficial Sons of Honarchy tr- contributor, uh, a guest yes. of this podcast on a few occasions, Dan Victor. Um, man, the myth, the Dan Victor. Dan, the man, <laughs> Victor. Um, first and foremost, I want to go out on this podcast because I know he he's going to listen to this episode, mm-hmm. and. I want to say to him that once again, even though I've already said it, thank you for the hospitality. Um, mm. This man, Tom, not only let me into his own home as somebody Bold. that he's never, Bold. I know, right? <laughs> as somebody that he's never met before. But in addition to this, him and his wife cooked a full out dinner for me. Yo. Okay. Pulled out all the stops. Seriously. Yo. Um, no takeout or anything. No, this was legit. And on nice. top of that, too, Dan not only shared alcohol, alcoholic beverages with me, but we literally had like three hours of bourbon sipping after dinner. Um, and it was nice. wonderful. As Dan said, he drank me under the table. Um, <laughs> I, I'll leave that up for interpretation of, of what drinking under the table is. Um, I was able I was able to make my way to the bathroom and to bed. I've had way worse for sure by by many means. Um I was not in terrible condition. And then Dan woke me up early in the morning because he had to go to work 
and he <laughs> was like, ass out of my he was like, hey, Steve-O, how you feel? No, he's, he's a nice guy. Well, unlike you, Tom, he's a real nice guy. I know, I know, I know he is. <laughs> um, but he was like, how you feeling? And I was like, oh, man, good as gold. Like, and then after a shower, I was like, I'm a new man. And he was like, you bounce back pretty quick. And I was like... <laughs> I'm all, yeah yeah and then like i get to you know my destination in south carolina to visit one of my buddies from high school and carolina in south carolina and which was like two and a half hours away and i pull in, i pull in and i park and i'm just like oh wow i'm really feeling it <laughs> <laughs> now he's gonna know he thought you were uh able to bounce back like god's gift to the earth but no no no, you've got I mean, the weakness. I had an okay day. I had an okay day. <laughs> an okay day. Well, I I would I like how you said you could leave it up to interpretation because I'm just gonna interpret it as exactly what Dan said. He drank <laughs> you way under the table, and I am I'm just sad I didn't see it. You know. Fair enough. Well, hopefully this upcoming week when I bring over our alcohol gift for our uh, our first in-person podcast since That's right. March. It's Malort. It's be- it better be Malort. If it's not Malort, I'll bring Malort. It, it may be, but it, it, <laughs> it may also have a little twist to it as well, Tom. Ooh. All right. I'm excited about that. I'm excited so, about that. Dan would approve. I'll, I'll Dan with that. would approve. Wow, that's a good thing. If Dan would approve, it's probably really good. <laughs> he may we'll approve. See. He may. He <laughs> may. He may also think that it's like cheap ass shit that I'm pulling. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, thank you to Dan for hosting my lunatic of a friend. Fair. Go host. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's bold. <laughs> honestly so and hospitable that was, that was great especially since i'm glad i was able to um to make my way there especially since my phone broke down on me um, yeah yeah it's unfortunate what top um, you are so stressful but i didn't even tell you this too i got to see the new low a ballpark they built a brand new Ooh. ballpark for the cannapolis now cannonballers they used to be the intimidators Oh, I miss the Intimidators. Cannonballers. Yep. Still why are they Cannonballers? What? Yep, the Cannonballers. Um, but so anyway, why? I, there's, I think, like they like manufactured cannonballs for a long time. Like that's a big thing. And then it's <laughs> okay. Dale. Right. It's Dale right. Earnhardt's face on the like the cannonball baseball looking <laughs> thing. It's great. Because that's Dan er, Dale Earnhardt <laughs> Senior's hometown. So. Oh my God. Anyway, that's not good. <laughs> anyway. I got to see the new ballpark and it was open. So like to the oh. public for people to walk around. Like you couldn't like go sit in all the seats and whatever, but, um, well, yeah, I was, I was going to say they opened, they got a brand new stadium just in time for baseball. Right. <laughs> Oops. No, but they, um, they had like park benches on the outside. So I grabbed a little lunch and a beer and enjoyed myself and it was just nice to be at a baseball stadium. So I'm glad yeah. that there's, yeah. there's hope. Baseball hope is rising Tom. Yeah, the hope is rising. Like July twenty fourth or twenty fifth is going to be the day. Yeah, we're no matter up. how many cases they have. <laughs> Jeez. Well, let's so just not bad. let let's just not let Texas open up their stadium, please. Let's just not. Yeah, let. Texas, you can be Texas. You just do you Texas over there. It's just can I? Yeah, that that's such a bad idea. That's just yikes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They're gonna Texas gonna Texas, you know. So <laughs> you can't you can't stop Texas from being Texas. Indeed. Well, Tom, speaking of baseball, we've Speak got about it. an extremely special guest with us for this yeah. podcast. We really do. Uh, the promotion. Wait, wait. How do you say? Man with the big promotion and more promotions to come, Andrew Perez. Andrew Perez. <laughs> oh my God, please don't pronounce it like that ever again. Um, yes. I'm Joe and- Buck, I'm sorry. Andrew Perez, uh, White Sox <laughs> relief prospect uh, who has spent time in Kannapolis and Winston-Salem thus far. Um, and at the trajectory he's going will be 
making the hop to Birmingham most likely this season very quickly. Making the hop to the White Sox next season. Hey, I would love to see that. Um, Why not? This is a guy – this is a guy that I've had my eye on, Tom, for a really long time, ever since 2018 when um, my pops and I went and saw all the minor league teams play. We saw him in Kannapolis, and mm. this guy brought it. I think he came in with a runner on second, nobody out, um, and he either got two he, two strikeouts. I think he had two strikeouts that inning um, and went one, two, three. It's just like easy as – he made it look so effortless i would love to know if he remembers that outing like if you can remember enough details to give it to him and be like do you remember that i wonder i think i actually have a program from that uh that game in my closet so i'm gonna look it up (laughs) real quick before we get on the mic with him yeah what he's really gonna say is dude striking out people happens every day i don't i don't remember (laughs) it's just endless faces of course he just mows everybody (laughs) down all i see is bats and i miss them you know (laughs) of course all right well Well, yeah we got to get him on here so we we do and we got to make sure that we don't let our cheap zoom selves uh get limited by it so (laughs) exactly all right i'll see you back on in like 30 seconds most definitely check check yes hello andrew jesus (laughs) (laughs) oh wait this is from this is no 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 i love that please keep that up that is amazing (laughs) unless you don't want it up but <laughs> nah, I'll keep it up for a little bit. Let me try to rotate this. Though. Oh, that, that is, is good. So I love dumb. that. <laughs> yeah, this is. We had a meeting, uh, like a group meeting the other day. Hold on, let me. How that I is so this? funny. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, Literally, this, this... Will and Cannon chilling, peace signs, yeah. <laughs> He's doing his thing. Oh, that is man. amazing. That's that hilarious. You know, it was really funny because right. I've been. Uh, I, I'm gonna have you have you reach out to Will for us actually because I've, I've yeah. been wanting him on too, and, and uh, he hasn't friended us yet, so we can't oh, send yeah. him direct messages. Yeah, he's. <laughs> but, this will give us. This will give him some pub. This will give. There we go. I'm glad. I'm glad that he could join us in spirit today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unwillingly, you know, that's okay. Literally, for real. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, Andrew. First and foremost, thanks for joining us. Like this is yeah, yeah, no awesome. Problem. Glad you took the time to to do this. And, yeah. Um, I was telling Tommy, um, you've you've been a guy who uh, I've I'm really glad we got a hold of because mm. I, you're you're a guy that I I have had my eye on as as a White Sox prospect since 2018 mm. uh, when you first you know came up. Um, and I'm super stoked for what the future is going to hold for you. You know, I, I thank think you, you appreciate it. You're doing an excellent job. Um, so I, I know we, we were in touch over, um, over the Twitter account, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm Steve. Um, and with me is Tommy here. Tommy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm more of the bum of the podcast. So, you know, yeah. Take it as it is. Uh, I will. I will admit, I did not have my eye on you since 2018 because uh, <laughs> I'm less educated of a fan. Uh, but hey, I mean, really happy to have you on. I took a look at what you've been doing, man. Like, just impressive. Just impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Um, so, like, uh, what is it going to be? Birmingham uh, in three months, that, or what are we thinking? Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully at some point next year you know, for the time being, but kind of just waiting, man. For I sure. Mean, hopefully this, this whole like, little expanded roster thing that they're trying to do here is the next goal, but, you know, that's – nobody knows. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's kind, of just, kind of just waiting and seeing and, and uh, go from there. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot of news on Major League Baseball, but for Minor League Baseball, what, what do you right. know so far? Uh, probably nothing. <laughs> uh, I mean, as straight as straightforward as possible. I mean, there's really there's. I mean, like I said, the expanded roster for a certain group of guys, and then maybe a fall league. Um, I'm actually gonna have the opportunity to play it with Lise for Winter Ball in DR in the Dominican Post. That's gonna be pretty sick. That's awesome. Um, that's really the that's really the only date, you know, kind of 
in my calendar that I know for sure. But like I said, everything and anything could change from now. Talk. There's no. You just gotta. You gotta wait for the next day. <laughs> there's no. Uh, you know, there's no end yeah. date for anything at this point. So, which is good and bad. I guess that's the life of a reliever. You like example. I never know when I'm gonna pitch. So. Yeah, right. kind of living, Fair. living with that same schedule so yeah that's a crazy comparison else. how life parallels your your job yeah exactly so i've kind of gotten used <laughs> to just hey fly out tomorrow wherever okay um, i'll be packed in 10 minutes i'll be there <laughs> i'll be there right away so <laughs> oh my god that's crazy to me <laughs> yeah it really it is it's a it's a totally different button because when i got drafted it was you know i got drafted probably tuesday and you know that was about like at 2 p.m and then i get a call like around 7 hey you're flying out thursday it's like okay like <laughs> like <laughs> it is what it is like i was excited i was ready to go and then every you know i had some family and friends over and i was like i was so excited i just kept smiling thought they thought i was joking around i was like hey like i'm leaving i'm leaving thursday and i couldn't stop smiling and laughing they're like nobody believed me i'm like okay and then once my plane ticket came in everyone was like oh okay yeah yeah we <laughs> yeah, he's we, we actually leaving, leaving yeah. thursday exactly yeah <laughs> And that was that was a whole that was fun. That was a good time. It seems that seems like forever ago too. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was just yeah. only a couple of years ago. It's a wild to I think know. about. Crazy. So I'll tell you what, I'll I'll start there. Um talk to us about your journey a little bit through the minor league system so far. You know, um, you know, like we said, we're super impressed with with what you've been able to do and you've you've been, you know, and each level you've been at that level at a relatively young age. So what has helped you succeed and continue to grow as you've moved up from rookie ball and, you know, low A and now high A? I think my biggest thing is was like, I felt like the transition from college to pro ball has been fairly smooth for me. Um, one of the biggest differences for me was just like to never get too comfortable where I was at. You know, like once I got drafted, you know, the next goal is the pitching great falls. The great falls perform well to get out of there as quick as possible. Um, and just keep, you know, progressing as a player and as a person. I think kind of once I figured out this is what I'm going to do, like I took that with full, you know, foot on the gas, full throttle. And ultimately, like, it, it's helped. Like I got comfortable, you know, where I was pitching. You know, the mound is, you know, it's almost a happy place even when you get sometimes rocked. Um, and kind of learning to embrace, you know, doing well, being on the road, the kind of that whole professional aspect quickly and adapting to that like in a fairly rapid rate really got me comfortable to perform well at the you know from Winston to Kannapolis and Great Falls like fairly quickly um, so that's been actually one of the probably the, one of the main reasons like I've been able to perform well like obviously the game and what you do in the offseason like prepares you to have a really good year but just the overall mental from the mental side like I was just super prepared and like ready to kind of take that next step you know as a pro athlete. For sure. You said something Interesting, I feel like, because you said it's a happy place to be on the mound, even sometimes when you get rocked. You, do you like oh, yeah. getting like pounded or? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no. And in the sense too, because like you know, you play this. You know, I've had the chance to play this at you know so far at this high level. Obviously, there's even a higher level than being a minor league player. And so, being able to understand, like you know, you can't act like the man when you have three good outings. You know, the same way you know you gotta stay even keeled. And that was one of the things I've learned. Like there was some outings where I look back, you know being able to have good years, there's always like those eyes where, you know, like you got, you know, you got it handed to you that day. And so being able to like treat those as, you know, good, like understand, like you got to learn from those the same way you want to enjoy, you know, you're striking out seven guys in three innings or going three up, three down. Like you got to enjoy it. So, you know, full circle, you just can't enjoy, you know, the, you can't ride the highs because when you get hit with the lows, man, it's, it's just the wrong sport to be, you know, not being even killed. Yeah. Right, you gotta stay like as emotionally stable as possible, like yeah. through and, and, everything. And in a sport and in a sport, in a sport, you should, you know, it's it's hard <laughs> to always kind of be the right. same. And I guess that that's the, the fun of being a relief pitcher. It's like you know, in college, it was always, you know, you joke, you pay attention to the game from the first to second inning. You you goof off in the bullpen, and you know the ones that could really balance that and kind of just still focus on performing and working hard, you know, on and off the field, really shows at the next level and it's it's still the same like even with Winston I mean we had a good group of guys there um same with Kanapas like everybody performed everybody in that bullpen performed well because everybody was loose everybody was comfortable with each other that it was just hey you give the ball to this guy he's going to perform you give it to the next guy he's going to perform you know from middle relievers late inning relievers you know that's everybody performed and, and kind of fed off each other's energy nice yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like having that team atmosphere, baseball and that team atmosphere, like 
although that's not something you can measure, you know, with, with yeah. saber metrics and, you know, every, you know, advanced statistics, like that's a really important thing that players vibe off of. And I, I love that yeah. you bring that up. Um, yeah. So in regard to staying loose and, and staying, you know, kind of on top of your game, um, have, have you done anything or, or what have you done, I guess, during quarantine, quote unquote, or, um, you know, being away from baseball? Um, and not having it uh, to stay fresh. Um, I saw a post a couple of days ago that uh, hashtag stay ready. Um, yeah. And you, uh, you, you, you blown it heater by somebody. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure who that was, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it was one of my buddies. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is I always try to just continue to do something and like educate myself in different ways. And, you know, right now it's as much as I want to be the best, I'll like it's more the person. And so I've kind of taken time to just mentally, you know, figure out who I am, what I need to be doing to get ready. Uh, and not just for baseball, just down the road. Um, and one of the things I told myself was to get like my personal training certification. So I took the time to do that over the course from probably March, you know, the whole month of March, April, and just finishing up. So I've been doing from personal training, like really kind of getting just to do something different. Like, um, you know, a lot of times you might get caught up in playing, you know, games and just kind of just goofing around. Like this is, you know, this would be different. It feels like a month and it's feel like I've been kind of at this whole thing for almost, you know, two to three months now, just waiting to you know, just go out and play. So I've kind of taken a whole different perspective and just kind of keeping this as like still mid-season form regardless of throwing seven days a week, but kind of just educate myself and both mentally and physical in a different, uh, in different way than I would do in the off season. Yeah. That's interesting that you would like get into physical or personal training. Like, I guess it makes sense though. Like, I don't know why, like I wouldn't think that a lot of you guys would be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's weird actually. Some of my buddies, especially that some of my buddies from Kannapolis, um that's what they you know we always kind of kept a close group and that's you know we always would talk about weight stuff when we're on the road and, and different you know supplements and different stuff like you know what what helps you stay ready throughout the year you know different things that you've done that you know maybe kind of hurt your body you know different training methods and stuff like that so we kind of you know a group of us like really just kept doing with you know pursuing the whole personal training thing. and it's like you know just as much as fun being it would be paid as a player like don't get me wrong. That's amazing. That's an awesome opportunity. And at the highest level, it's even more, but kind of, you know, when you come home in the off season, now it's kind of something that I already know guarantee that I have a you know, little, little nice little gig to do, kill some time and kind of just focus on my overall health and, you know, both physically and mentally. Most definitely. I love that um, too. You brought up that you have like kind of like a tight knit group of guys um, who, if you don't mind me asking who, who have been like your go-to people uh, in the system when yes. it comes to ballplayers. I mean, definitely, obviously, so Sousa and I, we were both, so I was eighth round, he was 10th round, and he, but being from Florida, you know, when we had gone drafted, you know, we were, you know, put together right away as a roommates. We had a mutual friend, because one of his buddies played at uh, University of Virginia as well, so we just kind of gelled, like, you know, the Florida boys, both the lefties, you know, top 10 draft picks, and the first day, we walked two miles in Arizona, just, you know, talking you know talking about everything you know your experience in college my experiences uh we both actually end up having heat like almost like heat exhaustion and passed out uh when we got back to the hotel <laughs> so, yeah because it was about like a it was about like 112 in arizona and that dry heat killed oh, him. absolutely but you know you know from there it's you know he's he's been kind of one of those go-to guys i mean from you know throwing partners from grabbing lunch you know just overall hanging out outside of baseball it's you know he's been you know, he's a dude so you know, it's funny. I pick him on. I pick him because he's a little older than me. So I try to, you know, tell, tell him to slow down a little bit with, you know, life. Not be so grumpy all the time. But um, <laughs> he's a great dude, man. He's a, you know, obviously both of us. The the end goal is to be in the big league bullpen, you know, together. And whenever that time comes, like we're both, you know, we both work extremely hard to get to that role. And you know, we'll, we'll just let the uh, time fall where it needs to fall. For sure. Yeah. I love that the, the two Florida boys go for a hike in Arizona and almost yeah. die. Like. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's different here. I can go outside in the morning and I'll start sweating. Uh, man, when you go over there, you don't sweat. And you get back and you're about to die. <laughs> you're dying. So that, was, that's, that was different. Because, I've you know, I've played in the Midwest. Like, you know, we in college, my junior, we played Wichita State. And it wasn't – it was like 90, but, you know, you kind of – it was not bad. When that, that, you know, 110, 115 hits, that's uh, – that's a different experience. That's for sure. So, that's oh, something for else. Sure. 
I can see the else. headlines now. Uh, eighth and tenth round draft picks lost to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, Arizona Heat bye. Jeez, uh, de- definitely. Yeah, that dry heat hits you, especially when you're dehydrated. I- I'll tell you, oh, I had an experience it's, once. Oof. Yeah, it's it's tough, but yeah, you you learn you learn your lessons. You learn which battles you got to be fighting here. Most definitely, <laughs> sure. Stay hydrated when you play in Arizona, right? Like, yeah, that's the as main much one. as as much as staying ready is important, staying hydrated. I mean, I even have my I even have my Yeti with me all the time too. There you go. There it is. It's good. Now, I you've talked about how the transition from college to you know playing professionally, you know, um, has mm. has been not too difficult for you. You felt like you're you've been pretty ready for it. But what mm. has been the most difficult part of that transition for you? I think it's you know, kind of understand the spontaneous part. Like this is obviously a business and, you know, a lot of jobs, you kind of just, you have your promotions, you have your, you know, you know, releases in the sense of being fired from jobs, but it's kind of different where, you know, you prepare for six months and ultimately you want to have the most success you can. Um, But those six months sometimes don't translate. And you have to understand this is such a, it's such a a sport where you fail, you know, you're meant to fail. And I think once you kind of Mm. embrace that, that aspect of it, you know, that helps you perform a lot better. I mean, I, in college, it was a little different because it was, you know, you, you need to perform or you're not going to play every weekend, you know, pro ball where, you know, I think there's some guys who, who really take pride in, you know, their stats and, and want to perform well and continue rising to the top. And I do think a lot of times you kind of get, you do get kind of, you get caught up because it's such a long season, man. And that was the biggest thing for me is my first half season coming from college um, and going from Great Falls and then going getting moved up right away to Kannapolis like I was beat. Like I was, mm-hmm. I got back home that off season. I was like, man, I need to, you know, you know, my, I might've had good numbers, but like mentally I was, you know, I had my ups and downs and it was tough. Uh, and then, so mm-hmm. going into that following off season, you know, into my first full season, like I knew what I needed to do to prepare. Um, I knew exactly what I need to do from, you know, get me through spring training healthy. I needed what I needed to do to get me through, you know, through the all-star break eventually, you know, what I did in the all-star break to the end of the, you know, from the month of July, August, you know, can't be strong through September. So that's why for me, like I felt so consistent throughout the year where this is a routine where I need to keep up for however, you know, if I get to play this for 10, 10 more years, which will be the blessing, you know, if it, I think keeping myself healthy as much as possible is really the, you know, deciding factor in how well you could ultimately perform and keep playing. For sure. For sure. I think one thing that gets overshadowed is when you get drafted in that year and if you know you, you go straight into rookie ball and then you you make an you know if you're doing well you make another transition after that um right. and that's what some people like totally forget like that wear and tear especially on these yeah like, i mean especially with these like highly touted prospects they're like oh why are they performing so poorly in Kannapolis? and i was like well you forgot yeah. they played college ball earlier in the year and then they just made their way through rookie ball and now they're playing uh on a level that they, number one they haven't experienced and then on top of that too they're just exhausted yeah and I think too some of it you kind of like elevate that's what you know, kind of separates a lot of guys so you elevate your game a little bit like you know you mm-hmm. you don't want to be playing a rookie ball forever you don't want to be playing the, the A's double A's triple A's. you all ultimately want to be you know at the MLB level and so I think mm-hmm. once you kind of like realize that it's it's an everyday process it's not just once a month it's and you appreciate the whole overall grind of it like as cheesy as everybody's like oh it's a grind like it really you know, it's a different because it's you can't look forward to seven days from now because you might pitch today, you might pitch a day from now. And you got to like embrace being ready every single day, even when you feel horrible. And there was eyes where I was pitching, I was like, man, I am beat. <laughs> but you just got to work through that. And you know, some of those really teach you that you, know, you can perform without your best stuff or feeling your feeling at your best. And that's kind of the whole why it's nice having that whole six month off season or five month off season, depending. It's like that prepares you to have more feel good like days of feeling good instead of you know, days of feeling poorly for sure well kudos to you especially throughout that 2018 season i mean i got to yeah. see you pitch in kannapolis uh against the suns hagerstown mm-hmm. Hagerstown, um, and you you great, had great 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 ballpark there yeah there. I, I saw you guys in kannapolis at the old ballpark um yeah and uh I, you pitched a great great game i think you had a couple strikeouts mm-hmm. and uh yeah once again super impressed mm-hmm. um so, Tom, go ahead. I will. Speaking of all this, like staying well and all that stuff, like 
how are you feeling with, okay, so let me put it to you this way. We're both over the moon excited that baseball is coming back, like, pretty much officially July 24th, 25th, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. For you as a player, though, um, what is your perspective on the whole thing in terms of, like, you know, eight Phillies just got it and, you know, somebody on the Rays or, like, whatever, like, all these guys are coming down with COVID. What is what does that make you? How does that make you feel? Like, are you are you scared? Are you just as excited as we are? Where are you falling right now? Man, I mean, it's exciting because at the end of the day, you you still want to be playing. Obviously, you got to take a lot of precautionary actions with it. You know, you can't. You know, a big thing I've been doing is like keeping track of where I go. Like, you know, not right. going like if I don't need to be some. You know, if I want to go to a store. I don't need to go at 12 o'clock on a Saturday when I know everybody in Orlando is going there. You know, I got, mm-hmm. it's about just being smart where you're at, like pay attention to your surroundings, you know, wear your mask, like do what you need to do to keep yourself healthy. And even if I, in a sense where I got it, you know, don't be knowing I have it and, and go be around people that, you know, you care for other people that you might not even know and just to, and you continue to spread. It. And that's, I think part of the, the ignorance with some people is like, you might be fine if you get it, but there might, there might be people who get it and, and aren't. So you got to kind of, you know, put yourself in, in a different perspective, you know, different to somebody else's shoes where you know, they, they don't have, they might not have the same opportunity as you have to, you know, to, to be healthy out of this, you know, to get, you know, to kind of avoid yeah. being sick. Most definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm super, I mean, definitely super excited that they kind of figured out a date, you know, July 1st, or I think it was somebody mentioned for those taxi squad guys, you know, the 15th or the season starting on the 24th or the 25th. Like it's, it's exciting stuff. So, I mean, if, we kind of everybody be on the same page with just being smart. Like, no, don't, you know, you can't be, yeah. And the problem is it's, it's not being smart. We need to be book smart. Just have common sense. Like that's common sense. is hard to find though, you know? So sometimes. <laughs> right. Yes. I manage a restaurant and it's really hard to find common sense. <laughs> it's hard. You know, and, and the funny part is, is that there's places that are so, you know, they're good with like, you know, and people working are wearing masks, you know, they're cleaning the tables right away, six feet. And it does, it feels like a normal day. And then some places, you know, you got college students trying to go to bars when, you know, the, it's like the beaches, especially in Florida. Oh my gosh. The second they opened it, right. everybody who's, everybody right. who's never mm-hmm. gone to a beach and anybody all of a sudden they're at the beach. I'm like, okay, the beaches <laughs> are here 24, seven, 365. Like, come on people. Let's, let's slow our rules. Here. Most but, yeah, uh, that is, that yeah, was it's crazy. Just, it, it's just, it's just one of those things, man. You know, you can't control the actions of other people. So you just gotta be smart because a lot of, people that you know lack the common sense and and care for other people and you just gotta watch where you're at for sure you definitely got the the right attitude my opinion yeah in in regard to all that so this is kind of veering a little off topic um yeah but um i noticed too you know during this time without baseball um and and one thing that we don't see a lot out of baseball players Mm -hmm. especially you know during their playing days is like writing or yeah you know reaching out to to media um mm-hmm. and i i noticed uh you had a little bit of a feature on Southside hip pen with the Sox affiliate for sports illustrated mm-hmm. um yeah the, the player diary or, or what was that again the journals like the journal stuff that the week yeah. yeah yeah so t- talk to us more about what you did there and uh if you uh have anything upcoming in the future or want a sneak peek for us so honestly, it was it was an opportunity I had. I think my first it kind of went back and forth with two different ones. I think it was the South Side, and then um, I think it was I believe the Future Sox one. And it was just kind of something I just you know you have downtime like you know as much as I love to sleep in during the season or just kind of just mess around like you have downtime to do everything. And I kind of wanted to be that player that kind of had like a you know gay perspective, you know, because a lot of times people just see they go to the game, you know, they just think you're just the guy in the uniform. Like there's a lot more you know, to playing the sport and who I am. And I was like, you know, I took it, ran with it. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to be able to be that person that's like interactive with people. So like, you know, you don't get the whole general stare, you know, the generalization that, you know, everybody, you know, just, just, you know, wake up, put your uniform on play and then do that over. Like there's a lot more to this. Um, so I kind of got involved with that in my first half season, but it wasn't even, it was just briefly. And then this whole, you know, from the off season, I was going to talk to Brett, um, who's running all that stuff with the, obviously the hip pen. And then mm-hmm. now they transition over to sports illustrated. So I was like, Oh, this is, you know, it doesn't hurt me in the sense of, because it's just giving my perspective. Like nobody knows what my perspective, unless you ask. And it's kind of nice to be able to speak on that behalf of, 
you know, people that are interested, people, there might be people who, who may know me now that kind of, like, oh, this guy has got something between the ears compared to, you know, just saying, oh, he's just a pitcher and that's it. Like, it's, so it's nice. It's been, it's been fun, you know, because there's a lot of different people that I've reached out and have wanted to, you know, keep in contact and, you know, felt, even if it's the smallest thing, you know, to make their day feel a little bit better, which that's, like, I'm always a super positive, you know, outlook with a lot of things. Even if, you know, even like I said, if you get, your, you get yourself rocked, you know, you got to always think a positive way because if you, if you think negatively, you're just going to drag yourself and it makes everything so much more just magnified and it just, it's, it's tough. So, so then I got involved with that and it's been, it's been funny. You know, a lot of people enjoy the videos. They enjoy the conversation, you know, reading um, some of these drones. So hopefully, you know, down the road, there's, these start kind of getting more and more kind of notice and, you know, it's all a process like anything else. So it's been, it's been great. For sure. Hopefully we'll get one more soon, you know, sooner with once baseball season comes back around. So yeah, officially for sure. Know that we'll be pushing it on our end. Cause I, I enjoyed, uh, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed tapping into that a little bit. Um, I did look at your little bio on hit pen and it said, uh, baseball player or writer depend or baseball player and writer, depending on who you ask. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> talk to us about that. Is, is writing like a passion of yours or. You know, what's funny. I mean, in college, I always, I always was fine with writing and like putting ideas out together, but it was always like kind of how I approached it. You either kind of got like how you kind of got like what I was trying to get at, or like it might've been a little confusing. And so my whole thing was, you know, the more I've, would start to do these is the more confident I got with, you know, how I'm trying to express what I'm saying. And it feels authentic instead of just kind of the general, Oh, it was, you know, this game was good, but like, why was it good? And kind of go into detail and everything that, you know, builds me up as a person, but also as a player. So it's being able to kind of build that up and like the opportunity to keep writing. It's like, you know, it's nice to give that insight. And I think, you know, if I'm a younger player, like following, you know, me, you know, it's, there's a lot to learn and, and reading some of these things that I write. And it's, it's been great that there's been people that have given me good feedback about it. And I'm sure there's probably people that hate them. And that's just the best part <laughs> about doing all this stuff is, you know, it's, it's all, it's whatever you take out of it. And the point of it is to kind of reach out to people for positivity and, you know, somebody might find that to be the best thing they read in their lifetime. Some might not just scroll past it through Twitter. So it's pretty, it's awesome that I was getting a lot of feedback from it. For sure. You talk about having an influence on younger players. Who are some players when you were growing up that had a major influence on you and the way you play the game? Man, I, I definitely, you know, I when the time I thought I was a hitter, I loved Griffey. I loved, you know, mm-hmm. he was fun, charismatic, how he, you know, approached the game. Um, you know, some other guys like Pedro Martinez, he was fearless. He was a fearless guy. Um, didn't care being a shorter guy. He would, I mean, if he wanted to hit you with a fastball in the head and smile, he would do it. And like, that was kind of one of those things where, you know, as a player, you got to have, you got to have like your ego as a player, but you know, and be well balanced and have like the kind of like that, that poker face. Like that's why I love Marlon Rivera, like super humble guy, uh, went about his business as a relief pitcher, you know, one of the best closers of all time, but every day it was work, you know, it was doing it with fun, like enjoying what you were doing. And obviously one of the other guys like knew where obviously was at the time was Jose Fernandez and how he, you know, his energy, mm would bring to the ballpark and like I think I think the thing with him that was a lot different from lot is like he they they try to amplify like he was gonna be the next big thing obviously mm-hmm, right. and the opportunity for him to be amplified like you see him he's smiling he's pitching he's smiling he, he's you interview him he, he there's a sense of just just energy that you get from him and how he was with all the guys in the clubhouse you know, from what you see from the outside and like that was that was a dude like really definitely in college like I I tried to like have that mindset like you know you gotta it's like you can't and it's such, like I said, it's the difference between college and pro ball. It's like, it's such a lo- much longer game and you can't be here, be, you know, Debbie Donner. You can't, you know, and like I guess everybody's different. Like I always realized if I could push the positive approach, you know, I'll get that positivity in my game back and all that success back from, you know, being who I am, being authentic with how I approach my business. And you know, a lot of that has shown so far. And I've, I have, you know, I've enjoyed this opportunity and I'm going to continue to do that. Right. Now, Platano Perez, tell us yeah. about the tell us about the uh, not alter ego in a sense, but your swagger, right? Man, so you know the background story with that. Obviously, in college, my you know having you know that was more towards my Dominican side, uh, from my mom's side, obviously Cuban from my dad's. You know, but I don't know if you know a lot of people ever watched the World Baseball Classic. Obviously, Platano Power, you know, you know the plantains, you know shaking those all around, and it's obviously <laughs> a big thing with you know the Dominicans as a meal. 
Um, but so one of two of my buddies, Brandon James, when I was in college, they bought some. Obviously, at the time, I was, I, I was not a fan of the idea. Um, <laughs> so they ran up and down as I was getting a save. We were playing, I think, Iowa. But, uh, yeah, they did that. And I hear them because, I, you know, I, I, I take all that stuff in. And, um, you know, it was a blast. And I kind of – at first I was like, oh, this is kind of just – it's kind of just fun, like, for the week. And then, man, let me tell you, I took that idea that they had and I ran with it. It was just like a, a different person. Like, when I pitch, it's just like – you know, I'm not the super tense person. Like, I look loose. Like, I'm just out there just doing my job, having fun. Like, it's how it should be. And I think that's kind of mm. the – that's the the fun, intimidating part about, like, when I watch myself pitch and rewatch, but it's like – it's it's not, like, a whole lot of effort, it seems like, but it's, like, a lot of just intense, you know, like, focus where it looks like it's so – like, it feels easy. And, you know, a lot of guys, you see them muscle up or super, super grind, super, like – you're trying to do the most, you know, that's maybe that's how they go about it. But I kind of hit the, you know, I'm just kind of here and I'm just beat them as much as you can in the ground. For sure. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if, if Winston Salem, I can't remember if they have like a, you know, intro songs for you guys or whatever, when you come to the mound, but do you have, do you have one in mind? Like when you get to that level or when you, do you have like a song that like gets you really hyped up? You know, what's funny is so in Winston, I mean, I, I can't even tell you if I ever even heard a song because every time I pitched was later in the game and it was either Baby Shark, the YMCA. <laughs> and you know what? And I was like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, we're just going to let this rock. <laughs> every time, I, I literally, every, it's some, you know, promotional thing, you know, so, and people are like, oh, who's this guy coming? He's got no song. And then you just blow it, you go three up, three down, and you just walk out. It's like, okay. And then I would just continue to get those songs. I remember my first season I was pitching at Hickory, uh, the Rays, not the Rays, the Rangers affiliate. And the first time pitching there, you know, there was like a sold out crowd. A lot of people, I look up, everybody's doing the YMCA. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Everything <laughs> felt just so elevated that whole moment. And like, you know, that's the stuff that I've had the opportunity to kind of grow and, and, and you know, enjoy those big games, like enjoy playing in front of big crowds, like elevating myself. Like, so that's why when I had yeah. gone to Winston, you know, you know, you're playing in a newer, new ballpark, a new, new environment. So you get new energy out of that. And it was like, my stuff played up so much more once I got to high and, and the goal is to continue, the more you go up, the more everything, you know, as a, like you, you learn your strengths enough to where, you know, you don't get exposed, you know, by some of these other hitters at the higher level. And obviously you're going to have, you know, you're going to face hitters that are going to beat you and, and that's all part of the process, but it's about having more success, you know, than not. So it's, but there was, there's definitely some songs that I have in mind when the opportunity comes to be at the big league level that they're lined up. But we're just gonna when the opportunity comes, we'll just have to whoever's at that game, we'll have to hear them. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna keep those under wraps for us. You're not you're make, not yeah, making that public they, they yet. Got, so you're no, telling me, with all your success, you're not gonna use the YMCA as your walk-up song? Like I think there's a correlation here. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Once it once this gets leaked, then probably. Unfortunately, you have to now. Up. Your hands yeah, are tied, right? right? <laughs> so hopefully, there's, hopefully, there's always a, promo, a special promotional inning where there's always the YMCA playing. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, on our podcast, Tommy is the non-baseball analytics guy, and I, I'm kind of the, the stats guy. That's what he kind of meant by him being the what did you call the bum of the yourself? podcast? There you go, Tommy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask, you know, um, we've been very like, kind of like non-analytic in, in our conversations mm -hmm. with you so far, but like in regard to your relief numbers, I, I do have to ask, like, I feel like in regard to relievers that are succeeding, um, and, and what, what scouts look for in, in relievers, um, you're very like unheard of, like scouts are looking yeah. for like higher K rates. They're looking for guys, um, that, that, you know are you know really touching i mean and you have you have an excellent fastball but you know it's not like you're pumping triple digits um yeah. as someone who doesn't have insane strikeout numbers or like an extremely low whip or walk rate what what is your key to success in keeping runs off the board i'm literally not caring about what situation i'm in like if there's bases loaded you get out and you don't give up any of those runs. You know, if it's a one run, you're up by one and you got a guy on third, you get out of those situations. And that's one of the things I've learned where regardless if I have my 95 mile per hour fastball or if my slider's not working that day, like you have to just go in and just 
you have to really be a dog. Like you have to grind it out. You have to be able to be prepared for whatever situation you're thrown into. And that's kind of one of those things where I was, especially in Winston, it really elevated where like those situations, I felt zero pressure. Like I was coming in to do those jobs and getting out of those jobs where some, some fold and some give up a base hit where you're not supposed to. And, or you, you start walking like those situations. I can really look back. There was like a string where I was coming in with bases loaded or literally getting bases loaded and then striking out the side. And it was just like, you know, the whip, the ERA, the K per nine in that situation, what matter the most is, you know, you got bases loaded, you don't give up a single run. And so that's obviously stuff that, you know, the higher up, it gets more recognition. And, um, you know, I think obviously being lefty and being able to be confident, especially being a little, especially being kind of not younger. Cause I wish I was, you know, being able to say I was 18 playing at, you know, the high level, but still being able to be 22 and, you know, being around older players that, you know, are at the same level and being able to perform well, it's, it's huge. You know, it puts me in a really good spot, especially with this whole kind of situation going on now. It's to be able to be as ready as possible, but also be able to perform like literally whenever you're called upon. And that was one thing with me is, you know, I would throw four warm-up pitches and come in and strike a guy out or be prepared to throw three or more innings. And that's kind of the thing I learned last year. It's like, you know, I, Obviously, in college, my role was a closer. Obviously, that could change at any point. And I think I had the opportunity last year to go from throwing, you know, two innings or three innings or one inning, like super stretched out at, at times. And that kind of filled my role a little bit bigger than, you know, how when I came in. as just being a one-inning guy. Right. Absolutely. Definitely that transitioning of roles. We see that with pitchers so much. Um, yeah, yeah. Talk about rubber arm though, like four warm up pitches and in there striking somebody out. Oh, I literally, I have video of literally me warming up just so nonchalantly in the bullpen. <laughs> he came out. He said Perez got hot. Came back in. They had to take the guy out, and I came in just let it be on those warm up pitches. And I knew it because I knew it was one of those things where you know I'm not I can't blow my load in the bullpen because I'm probably throwing multiple innings that day. So, um, and that was one thing I enjoyed, like being able to throw to right handed hitters and have a lot of success and have them keeping, you know, under a 200 batting average, the same with left-handed hitters and being able to throw to both sides of the plate, you know, and having an even split instead of, you know, lefties are not hitting well, but righties are hitting very high. And it's like, you know, you don't want to be just a one dimension. And my thing too is especially, you know, being in a spot and having kind of a younger arm, it's I want to be at the highest level and whatever, if it's a one inning guy, if it's throwing two innings, three innings, one hitter, like, well, now the minimum is the three hitter rule. But yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, and that rule, like, yeah, you can't just be that one guy. Exactly, and and I think the biggest thing now is being able to show multiple innings, um, and kind of multiple, you know, the ability to throw to six hitters, you know, instead of being able to just throw to one is, and being able to kind of dominate both sides. Obviously, it's going to be you know to show that continued success through double A, you know, triple A, or even the big league level is what's going to be the separator. I hope I wasn't the one that was supposed to be recording. No, (laughs) no, definitely, definitely got the first bit. Just almost forgot to start this one up. Oh my goodness! Of course, Um, classic Steve. (laughs) For sure, honestly, I'm the most forgetful person. Um, Now um, we were talking about Tom. You were, I kind of lost my train of thought, having to restart. Shoot me the uh, – shoot me the – I got it. Um, All right. Let's see. Let's Will, can Will give us some wisdom? What's that? Maybe. Maybe Will, maybe, maybe Will could pick us up on it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Throwing it to Will. And now, um, yeah, I think what's so crazy, something that you mentioned, though, uh, because we had – actually, we had Tyler Johnson on last spring um, to talk, you know, kind of his development and his his success and and ways of you know his struggles and whatnot um and how to deal with that but it's funny how you mentioned it and both you know he mentioned it as well that relief pitching is so like it's instinctual it's like very just like you have to be level-headed it seems like but you also have to be like ready for the the unexpected at all times is that is that yeah, right? Yeah. And I or think is that's that... what makes it. I mean, it's 
Yeah, it, no, it's, uh, if you ask every relief pitcher, it's, you have to be just ready for literally anything. If the starter gets hurt in the first inning, you're not throwing three innings. Like, just for, Lord knows, whatever reason, they, you're the person they got to go to, and you got to just always be ready for that. And I think, I think once you learn as a relief pitcher, like, there's, you just got to always have good days. Like, you got to mentally feel like you're good every single day of the week, even if you threw and your arm feels like it's broken. You got to just feel like you're good. Like, you have to be ready and be prepared. And I think it gets hard because it does get exhausting where you're throwing you. As a starter, you know, you, you throw your start day, you throw your six, seven innings, you, you can take the next day out. As a reliever, it's pretty much you're throwing from the spring training every single day till at the end of the season. You know, even sure. if it's just picking up a baseball and just logging it back because you just don't even feel like throwing. But you get – and you understand that process. Like, it's, it's all inst- – it gets instinct. Like, you, you have to be ready, and you have to be ready whenever you're called on. Like, you never know what exact day. You know, it's, it'd be – it would kill the fun if you knew when you were throwing. You know, I think when you just mm-hmm. – you don't know, you go up there perform, uh, you know, through two to three times a week, you know, perform well, and hand the ball again to the next guy. So, definitely, it's, it's a fun – it's a fun gig. You know, that's for sure. We'll put it at that. Right. So are you telling me that all relief pitchers are adrenaline junkies in a sense? Um, I think it's controlled adrenaline. Where <laughs> some, you know, you know, some of my buddies might need a little smack in the back. You know, a little, <laughs> you know, some like here in the. I I think everybody overall just yeah you have to. I mean shoot my off season I love riding roller coasters and that's by part of being a relief pitcher or that just <laughs> adrenaline is the only thing that gets me as close to not playing baseball <laughs> and. And I think that whole just kind of like – it's just like a whole mood swing, you know, when you're getting ready to go into the game, where you get into the game and then you, you – then you get out of the inning. And it's like, okay, well, my heartbeat just raced, you know, just to throw my eight warm-up pitches <laughs> and then get back out. But, you know, it's it's definitely – it carries. Like that adrenaline, it's like that feeling, you know, when you, it's, it's your time to, to go in the game and do a job, it's, it's – it's, you can't trade that for a lot of things. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Now, so would you ever consider being a starter if that's like if you're more in tune with hey I want to be called on whenever what would that be like for you? Uh, so going into college, I had a pretty solid starting campaign. I threw, I had two starts. Uh, my second one, I gave up six runs, six walks, and point two innings. I don't know if you could sense the sarcasm. Huh. <laughs> Huh. Huh. Yeah, and, starting was, and then starting went out the window from there. I mean, then I started in summer ball because I played when I played up in the Northwoods League, um, which I, I started well, but it was just kind of, hey, figure out your command. You know, having a hard fastball in college, being lefty, and kind of always being able to perform and recover well to pitch whenever you need to pitch was my thing. So that role as a reliever uh, grew up my freshman year, kind of like as a setup man or a closer, um, and then took the closer role my sophomore and junior year. So definitely starting is maybe now because different, obviously physically it's a lot different. You know, where I'm at with my game is a lot different. Um, but I think this whole starting, you know, being a reliever at this point is, is we'll let that play. And then if there's ever a need for a start, you know, maybe we'll go back near that option. For sure. Well, you definitely yeah. brought up a, a tough memory there uh, with uh, <laughs> your starting there in college. Um, but yeah, is- but it's okay. And that, that, that always keeps me grounded, though. That's what I need. Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Numbers. Is there is there a game in your career thus far that you're just like, yeah, that was like – I mean, obviously, you're always trying to strive for better, and you're always trying to go for more. But is there a specific <laughs> game, like, in the back of your mind that's, uh, that, like, kind of keeps you, like, motivated in a sense? Well, to be, you know, to be honest, obviously that game, my sophomore year, my, my freshman year, so my second start was like the most, because that was a game where I could either decide like I'll either just be another player on this roster that might not be getting the innings I want because I'm just going to defeat myself mm-hmm. or I'm going to use this and motivate myself to be the best player and, and leave here the best player that I could be over the next few years. And, and I looked at it as, you know, it was a turning point. Like I got my body right. I got my arm right. Um, mentally I got myself right and took that outing and just ran with it and in the most positive direction you know for the rest of my year and that you know that showed growth and then going to my sophomore year obviously FSU we pitched my first save opportunity in my sophomore year was at FSU and it was a packed house midweek game and you know we got to save that was the first time USF had beat FSU um, and it was hype and that kind of just those big moments really started to show with you know the work that and the effort I was putting in and obviously pro ball 
Uh, this past year, there was a game, I think it was against the Royals affiliate, where it was bases loaded. Like, I, stuff had happened. It basically, and I just was just so nonchalant, and God struck out the side. And just, like, that feeling was all like, okay, I kind of arrived at this level. Like, I'm still meant to be doing this. Um, some of those. And I think, actually, too, it was a game. I think it was Father's Day weekend. Hickory, we were playing at Hickory, which their their bats are loaded, like the Rangers system's loaded. And I think I threw three innings and punched out seven guys, and it was okay. Well, I think it was actually right before that was like the last time before I had gotten moved up to Winston. Okay. So it was a good, it was the right time to showcase, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now you talk about loaded bats. I, I gotta ask. It, this is going to be kind of like a, a multi-tiered question here. So mm-hmm. first off, it, is there? a hitter that you faced up against, whether it's a high school, college pro that you're like, yeah, that's like the most talented player I've ever faced up against. Um, or like the toughest player you've ever faced up against. Um, I mean, and I'll, be, oh. I'll let you answer that first. I mean, so there's definitely, it's, it's hard to remember specific names. Like I remember guys from different teams were like, when you're facing them, even if you strike them out, obviously you, you have the edge against them. But there's guys in the box who are like, man, like this is, you know, this isn't going to just be a three pitch at bat. You know, there's there's some guys we can just go up there and just fastballs and, and get, face the next guy. Um, I would definitely say some of the guys from the Rangers organization um, from down east, and a lot of those guys moved up kind of the same time I did from uh, from for them Hickory to Canapolis. I mean, from Hickory to down east. Um, so you play the I played pitching against some of those guys a lot. Some I remember, forget some of their names. Obviously, the White Sox have a lot of prospect bats that are legit. Obviously, Nick. Uh, Luis um, and Andrew. I mean, I, I saw those guys all throughout spring training. Like they're legit hitters. Like that, those bats are not fake. Everybody thinks that. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta come watch a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing those guys. Obviously, it's nice to share the same uniform with those guys. Um, especially being able to see them play. You know, through the Myers and do really well, and just extremely progress. Like those. There's a reason those guys are high up there. You know, mm-hmm. with how they perform. Well, their bats are legit. You know the the hand speed, the the, the eye contact, you know, the discipline at the plate. It's huge. Um, college, there was a few beasts that we played against. Luckily, some of the guys from FSU were pretty good. Some really good hitters from Tulane. Um, some strong hitters from Florida. But then again, like it's a lot of that. You know, those really good hitters kind of expose who's a good pitcher. And so being able to face that type of competition, you know, from college and professionally, and performing well, like just continues to move up to when you're facing a guy like Trout, you know, and he – you've got to be smart. You know, it's a different game in college where you're just throwing fastballs and don't once in a while change them. You know, you get to that level, it's it's a thought process that goes behind it, not just, you know, here's a fastball and that's just – if he hits it, he hits it. You know, sometimes you get lucky and you throw that pitch and, and they really miss it, but it's a lot of times it gets hit a mile. <laughs> yeah. So you try, to have, you try to have as many least hit a mile as, you, as possible, so. Right. Now, you brought up Luis, you brought up Andrew, you brought up Nick. Who is kind of your, your, your sleeper prospect in the White Sox system that you're like, people don't realize how good this kid is? I mean, I, I, I could even vouch for my buddy Ben, like Seuss. Like, I could even – I've always felt like we were always on the same page with, you know, our profiles, like both being lefty, you know, him, him having a few years over me. And just we, how we go about our business. And obviously, you know, pitching gets the least kind of amount of hype. But obviously, left-hand pitching really, which it should, there's a lot of really good power righty arms, a lot of good arms, you know, in our organization for varieties. But it's it's nice to see the crop of lefties that kind of stick together and, you know, try to make something out of this. Um, and so how he goes about his business, you know, he's, he'll go out there the same way. And it's a friendly competition, like, you know, I want him to do great. He wants me to do great. And we just perform and continue to perform until we get to the highest level. You know, and we, might, we both might be guys that pitch 10 years and then nobody might even know who we are. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's just kind of how it is, kind of being a relief pitcher. So there's a lot of low-key, you know, really good arms and, and really good players that kind of just really kind of get overshadowed with seeing some of the higher guys. Makes a lot I mean, of sense. Yeah. 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 It's That's the thing is there's so many levels. And, I mean, that's why – the MLB draft up until this year, you know, was so yeah. big and there's so many <laughs> rounds and um, so many levels uh, of yeah. minor league baseball. So Tom, do you have any uh, closing questions for Andrew? Cause I know uh, on my end, I'm, I'm pretty content. 
No, I mean, um, you've vaulted yourself into one of the players to watch in my turn, in my book over here. Uh, I can't wait till I, we catch you at Sox Park, like striking out the side. It's going to be great. Yeah. Listening to YMCA, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's good to know. The, the main thing that I'm thinking is it's, it's good to know that you're as hype about the season as we are. You know, um, I, I got nervous when I saw the headlines thinking like, oh, maybe these players are not excited because of what's going on with all these different, you know, things. But yeah, it's good to hear that you're hype and um, ready to go. Cause I mean, Hey, uh, we all miss baseball, right? So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us once again. I, we're super honored and thankful that you took the time out of your busy schedule and with everything that, you know, is, is probably going to be picking up for you um, yeah. in regard to, you know, baseball timeline. Uh, so we're glad that we were able to sneak you in before life got super busy. Yeah, right. thank, no, thanks for having me. Appreciate of course, it. of course. And uh, we'll be in touch and uh, you'll de- you can definitely uh, be on the lookout for, for, this, uh, for this podcast episode in uh, the next couple of days. Awesome. Thank you, man. Hey, Andrew, all thanks right. so much and uh, take care. All right. Best yep. of luck for Thank the you. rest of the season. Have a good be one. Safe, Appreciate it. See ya. Thank you.